Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Do I, do I talk to animals and, and do they understand? Look, I'm sure they understand a little bit. They're great readers of body language and yeah. that's that's the big thing. And the thing is, if you say enough times, this is a little cold but it gets warm, they start to understand it. Well, how many times have you been told that, Barry? I'm, I'm sure more, more than a few. Listen, I've had some really good vets work on me, I can tell you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Barry Dubois. That's me talking to my mate, Dr Chris Brown. Today, we're going to hear about how to keep your cats and dogs happy if you're living in small spaces. There's plenty of great advice for any pet owner coming up. You're also going to hear a couple of personal stories, including why an innocent phone call I made to a sound guy jeopardised my friendship with Chris Brown. The only problem was, Barry, that you called him uh, when I was in the car. <laughs> and, uh, and I was in the car with the sound guy, and I'm sitting two feet away. It was an icy couple of weeks after. My that. phone was on. I checked reception immediately after, and I had I had five bars. I was ready to go, and you never called, Barry. The story behind that feud and more on Hammer at Home with Barry Dubois. Owning a pet is an incredible part of Australian culture. According to a study I've looked at recently, around 62% of Aussie households share their homes with pets. Now, the problem is, of course, we're starting to work in the city a lot more. We're moving into apartments and high-density housing. So the difficulty of managing pets is really coming to the service. Now, I'm very lucky to live in Bondi Beach and proud to say I've got a nice big backyard, but I'm even more proud to say that I'm good mates with Chris Brown. Now, what happens is when you walk anywhere with Chris, everybody's (laughs) staring. They just think... Wow, that's that guy. He's amazing. The Chesty Bonds guy, that chin, the whole lot. My God, are his wisdom teeth inflamed again? Why is his jaw so big? (laughs) That's it. But what happens, and this is what I've noticed, is Chris doesn't uh, spend too much time looking back at people because he's always looking at their pets. I swear that Chris has an intimate relationship, not that intimate, but Careful close. what we accuse me of yeah. Barry. <laughs> With just about every pet in Bondi. And as soon as the pet sees Chris, whether it's a dog or a goat or a goose in Bondi, we've mm. got them all, mm. they seem to know him. But there's something more to it. And this is a question that I've had for quite a while, Chris. Yeah. Can you talk to animals? <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that about having this this relationship with the the animals of Bondi. I, because I've worked at, at Bondi Junction Vet Hospital for so many years, I do know a lot of the animals walking through the streets. And you become a vet because you love animals and you want to have this this friendship and and you want them to to love you like you love them. And then the moment a dog sees me that I treat. It walks to the opposite side of the road, but they, they or they sit down just to cover up the uh, the private areas in, in case I'm going to, you know, take a temperature. But it, it's a very funny relationship that that pets have with vets because they 
they, 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 I'm, I'm sure they're quite confused as to who you really are and what you do for a living. Why do they see you sort of on their darkest days and, and why why are you the one who who puts the, the sharp things in, into them for their vaccinations or, or why you know why are you there when they wake up and they've, they've lost their uh, their proudest assets in, in terms of their, their balls <laughs> or <laughs> so I, I often I spend a lot I spend far too much time thinking what is a what does a pet think about what a vet really is like they must think you're a very strange strange human being I'm quite sure of that and and it amuses me a lot to, to try to get inside their mind and, and make them you know give them that sort of that voice and so in terms of you know do I do I talk to animals and, and do they understand look I'm sure they understand a little bit the great readers of body language and yeah. that's that's the big thing and the thing is if you say enough times this is a little cold but it gets warm they start to <laughs> Understand it. Well, how many times have you been told that, Barry? I'm, I'm sure more, more than a few. Listen, I've had some really good vets work on me, I can tell you. <laughs> now, mate, uh, growing up, your dad was a vet as well. Yeah, yeah, and, and you is. had a lot of animals. Talk me through that. <laughs> what was your favourite animal? Yeah, I um I grew up in Newcastle, not, not in Bondi, um, and and he was the local vet for you know 35 years there. And so when you're a kid, it's kind of the perfect upbringing because he's always bringing home patients that, that need round-the-clock care and, and for him it's the perfect situation as well because he's got free labour. <laughs> um, and so I, because I was interested in animals from a young age, I was able to you know, be the one who got up and, and fed them or, or, or changed their bedding or changed the newspaper or whatever it was. And, uh, and so you, you get to know them pretty well. But, yeah, because of, of his role, we, we had, you know, pet chickens, not remarkable, but then we, we had, um, you know, dogs, cats, not remarkable. We had birds, probably not remarkable, but then we had this collection of, you know, I had a koala for a while. Wow, we had, you know, really? Kangaroos. We had a cow in the backyard. Uh, we had a couple of horses. We had a donkey called Pablo. He's another story. Um, we had, yeah, a couple of sheep. Uh, now we've got a donkey called Miguel. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Just as troublesome too. Um, but uh, but also for a little while, and this is probably my favourite one, we had a um, we had a penguin. So I had a pet penguin. No way. Yeah, so he was a penguin that had washed ashore at a beach in Newcastle and he was molting. And, and the thing about molting is they can't be released back to the ocean when, when they haven't molted properly. And so he lived with us for, for a couple of months and I used to have to, have to feed him the other stinky pilchards and, <laughs> and, uh, and to check that he was ready to go back into the, into the ocean, we used to put him into the swimming pool. And he'd swim around the swimming pool, but he was so fast you couldn't get him out. So we'd have to get in there with a the pool scoop and, and that was my job to swim around and try to catch him eventually. But <laughs> if he was fast enough, then it was a sign he was ready to go back to the wild. Mate, these stories, you've put some images in some people's heads, I can tell you, <laughs> because I'm seeing you just diving off the edge of the dry clad pool trying to chase this penguin. Yeah, well, that's exactly what happened. Mate, how important is it for kids to have that interaction with pets? Oh, I think it's it's... It's you know for me it was such a huge part of, of shaping who I am. It, it gives you that that gentle touch, that nurturing, and 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 lets you know that that sometimes you know caring for something that's not yourself it, it has has benefits and 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 shows you that the gentle hands are, are important and and and, uh, and and communicating with with your 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 gentle touch and that body language I mentioned before is 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 crucial. But also I think probably the most important thing, and it's a it's a sad reason, but. It's often, and it was for me, it's the first time that kids encounter death. Mm. The first time they, they see something pass away. Yeah. And it's the, it's the best opportunity parents ever have to, to explain the fact that no one lives forever and that at some point you have to say goodbye to the ones you love. And when it's, you know, when it's a, a, a cute little, you know, dog or, or, or cat or bird or goldfish or whatever it might be, 
it's it's often the best way to start that conversation because that's a lot easier to explain than say grandma or, or grandpa. And I've, I've never really thought about it. Like mm-hmm. You're in the front line. I mean, how difficult is that for you when you're in this in the in the vet clinic and mm-hmm. and you've got to tell these beautiful little children that it's time for their pup to oh, go or their or their cat to go? I had to do it last night. Oh, you know, no. I was in the vet clinic last night and 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 had that exact experience. And you, you become you don't become desensitized to it. It always hits you, but you, you become better at, at trying to find the positive in it. And, yeah. and in every situation, there is a positive. And and I think that. You know, when it when it's an old dog who or cat who's been around for a long time, it, it's experienced true love with with that family. If you can give that dog or cat a, a, the dignified end it deserves mm. and, and do it well, and and allow that that family to have a beautiful moment as opposed to it to a tragic moment, then that's a job well done. Mm. And and that and I get far as an interesting measure. I get far more letters and and cards of and phone calls of thanks. For, for doing a euthanasia mm. well compared to, say, saving an animal's life, which is an interesting observation on human nature and, and says that that is such a, a tr- an awful moment and a really, really profoundly hurtful moment for people that if you can be there to hold their hand through it and, and show them that, that that love is being translated to, to that animal and they're getting that, that dignified end, then they really, really appreciate it. Mate, I know you well. It's a good measure of you as well. Mm-hmm. You are incredibly caring, and uh, and yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought about that, but you've uh, you've you've put it you've put it front and uh, thought there. Mm-hmm. It must be tough, but I know how you would manage that, as you do with most things, balanced and beautiful. Yeah. Um, you you grew up with all these pets. Your dad was a vet. How well trained were they? The animals. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. So you you've got a cat, and that's pretty well trained. Reasonably, cricket. but but I mean, it's it's. I think it's it's a it's almost the rule, isn't it? In in Australia, that if if you're a doctor, you, you generally you know you, kids probably haven't had their haven't had their shots, and if mm. you're a dentist, you usually have the worst teeth, uh, and if you're a vet, you have the world's worst trained animals. I mean, <laughs> we, we I don't think we had a dog up until the age of. I reckon the first dog I had that could sit was about oh, I was about twenty when when I had that dog. Really? Um, I just because it's it, you're looking after everyone else's animals and your own animals training and 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 care often comes down the list. So <laughs> so you know, thankfully I've, I've made amends since with my own pets. But but it's funny how you know in, in my family we have three we have three or I think four now vets in in the in the sort of immediate family. So there's a lot of there's a lot of veterinary care, but. But yeah, they're well wormed, but they just don't know how to sit down. No, that's it. But, but sometimes, you know, when you get home from work at eight or nine o'clock, and vets work long hours. Yeah, the last thing the last thing you're going to do then is is conduct another consultation, like consultation number one hundred and twenty six for the day, on on the dog that's sitting right in front of you. So, so you know, poor Rusty or Reg is is often the one who um who gets forgotten. But th- thankfully, I, I have I've made I've made the necessary time for, for my own pets now. You know, um, because it's a, it's a grudge that you've never let go. That uh, when what I need possibly be talking about Barry? when 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 I was thinking about my first pet for the twins, um, <laughs> I spoke at length to our sound guy mm, about a bird. About a bird. The only only problem was Barry that you called him uh, when I was in the car, <laughs> and uh, and I was in the car with the sound guy, 
and uh, and you called up to ch- and I just you didn't know I was there and you started to to say hey Jace look I um I really value your opinion um <laughs> you did. know you know birds very well I'm looking to get a bird for the kids what do you look can I do you mind if if I just dive deep into your knowledge base your extensive knowledge base and just ask you exactly what you think I should I should choose what what healthcare you recommend is there a vet that you know that that would be good uh, all those questions and I'm sitting two feet away. It was an icy couple of weeks after. My that. phone was on. I checked reception immediately after, and I had I had five bars. I was ready to go, and you never called, Barry. The, you the never fun, called. The fun fact is, I just uh, became one of the many, many. Well, I'm, I'm not one of the many women you haven't called, oh. but, but I was one of the many people in your life that you just never called. What it was, our sound guy had a cockatiel, and it was well trained. And I love birds; I always mm. have. And I just wanted to know: should you get a little one? You know, just some basic questions. Yeah, basic questions it, that you could ask a basic vet. <laughs> What happened was I <laughs> went to Chris, tail between my legs, mind the pun, and said, mate, I'm really keen to find out what would be the best pet for little children mm. first up. Well, you remember the advice you gave me? I said, go and ask I'm, I haven't got a beeper. Yes, <laughs> just be careful. <laughs> I, said, go, go. Oh, I said, I love you, Barry. <laughs> With a few other F words in between. <laughs> Now, you suggest a hermit crab or mm. stick insect. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was great advice. It was yeah. also the level I thought you were at. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. Well, All right. You know, I'm going to get away from that. You're taking our... your veterinary advice from a sound recorder. So, I mean, what do you expect? You're right. Let's get some more There's advice. There's also from... two other things about, about stick insects and hermit crabs. What is it? They make no noise. That's right. So, they're absolutely no use to a sound recorder. Sound recorder at all. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Listen, mate, uh, not everybody's as lucky as you growing up on a big property in Newcastle with lots of pets. Is it possible to live in an apartment or a small place and have a happy, healthy pet? Absolutely it is, and I'll tell you why. And there's one important phrase that pets are not space-consuming, they're time-consuming. Okay. So you could have you could have a <laughs> – I'm going to be careful how I say this analogy. You could have a racehorse in, in a studio apartment, mm. but if you're out of the apartment for 23 hours a day, yeah. that, that's a situation that would work. The, re, the reality is any pet can work provided you have the time. Yeah, and this is where it gets tricky because people go, "Oh, yeah, I'll have the time," and they just don't, and and they get home from work, and and it's, and they've sort of run out of time to to take the the dog for a walk. So, yeah, I mean the the, the common example is, is when people are trying to choose a dog because um, cats are great in apartments, you know, provided a cat has a view out a window. Um, and, and can naturally exercise itself running around and, and you spend time playing with it and interacting with it and giving it the love it wants, then um, then you can have a, cat, have a cat in an apartment. When it comes to dogs, there are certain breeds of dogs like the working dogs, like Border Collies and Kelpies. If you want to take them out for a walk three times a day yeah. and exercise and play with them, yeah, you can have one in an apartment, but very few people can do that. Yeah. So that's where smaller dogs um, and lazier dogs are, are good choices. Size of a dog doesn't doesn't equate to size of the the house or apartment you you should keep it in. So, you some small dogs I wouldn't want to see in an apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, small like dogs like Jack Russells. 
are full on. Because they're high energy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so in an apartment, if you're not getting it out for a walk, that dog, that dog will really start to, to get frustrated. I'm interested in this. How, what's a walk for a dog? I mean, for, for me, a walk's 150 metres. Mm. What, what, what sort of miles or kilometres does a, does a dog have to do a day? Slightly more than that. <laughs> um, but, but generally, it's about 20. We, we sort of go in minutes. So it's about 20 minutes of, of solid walking is, is, uh, is, is a good session. Uh, there are types of exercise that are, that are better for, you know, dogs, dogs are great at swimming. Um, it's same techniques as, as people. If, if you, um, if you get them running on hard surfaces, uh, um, you know, it, it can be damaged, damaging to their joints if they're big dogs as well. So you've got to look at the type of exercise, suit that to, um, to the, to the size and, and the type of, of dog that you have. Is a cat better than a dog if you've got an apartment? Oh, it's probably a safer bet. Yeah, uh, and and cats can be amazing. God, you know how much I love my cat. Yeah, uh, um, cats can be hilarious. Cats can be caring. They can be nurturing. They can be beautiful animals. You just have to be able to see that and and capitalize on that and, and reward that and encourage that. I, I love cats. I think cats in Australia are underrated. I, th- I think we give cats a bit of a hard time. Um, certainly, there are issues with str- with stray cats and wild cats. Um, you know, and, and wildlife. But but a well looked after cat that that lives a, a really healthy life, I think is, is amazing. We got a, a cat last year, last Christmas, and I'm not a cat person. You got person. a deal through the sound recorders, didn't you? On yeah, that yeah. One, is that? Jace, looked at, Jace yeah. hooked me up. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, we, uh, we researched breeders. We, we researched the breed as well. We were after, we've had Persian cats in the past, mm. and, and uh, I'm, I, I always say I'm not a cat person, but I've loved the, the two cats we've had in the past. You say you're not a cat person. Every single time I see you, you pull your phone out and go, Can I, have you got a moment? I just want to show you exactly what my cat did last night. <laughs> you are, you're a softy when it comes to cats. Well, my children love our cat. Mm. It's a short hair, uh, what is it, exotic short hair. And I took your advice when we went to the breeder and uh, we looked at the surroundings and it was everything was beautiful. But this cat was a really laid-back cat. There was other cats that were climbing the walls and jumping on all the structures. But this cat was happy. My my daughter Arabella picked it up and it just sat there like a like a, a baby mm. would. And, and, and Chocky, our cat, has been the same ever since. I mean, he's a giant cat now. Now, but he loves nothing more than being in Arabella's arms, yeah. and 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 will do that as long as she wants to do that. But when she's had enough, he shoofs off and yeah. goes wherever he goes. But you just touched on something that I think is a really really good point. When you're choosing a pet, when you make that big decision, uh, you need to to choose a pet that matches your lifestyle. So if it's crazy and wants lots of exercise, and you're crazy and love lots of exercise, perfect. But what you just said that about when you first met Chalky. Chocky the kitten, you saw that Chocky was laid back and, and was the quieter one of the group. Exactly. When you go and see a puppy or a kitten, if you go to an animal shelter and you're trying to sort of make a decision there, if you see them at, at sort of eight weeks of age and they're more relaxed and they're, they're, they're not the one that's tearing the place apart and yapping, they're generally going to be the more relaxed one in adulthood as well. So what you see at eight weeks of age is a pretty good indication of how they'll be at eight years of age, mm. that they have that personality already at eight weeks. And so, so really go on, on what you're seeing um, when they're quite young because that's, that, that's often um, an indicator of, of the future as well. Tell me this, though. Um, I've, I live in Bondi, so we're surrounded by units. And uh, in the past, people have bought uh, puppies, mm. brought them into their apartment, and that puppy will just bark mm. all day. Is that because that's its nature or it's just unhappy? Uh, a little bit of both. So most likely that that dog was... Uh, 
you know, is of a, of a personality type that, that needs more constant attention uh, and needs more constant exercise. So for, for those those sort of dogs, they're bad choices for, for apartments or or they've been taught the, the wrong behaviour. Um, and dogs that experience separation anxiety mm-hmm. are the ones that, you know, they wake up in the morning, they see their owners, they're like, okay, we're going to have a great day together. And all of a sudden the owner picks up the keys and walks out the door. And in a, in, when you when your pet doesn't speak English, when it doesn't understand your language, when it doesn't understand what's happening, to them it feels like they've been abandoned, deserted. Yeah. yeah, they've been deserted, and and almost like they're not good enough, and they've been just been walked out on, and they don't know that you're coming back in in seven hours' time or eight hours' time. Mm. They don't they don't have your schedule in front of them. They're not, they're not your PA. No. So so for them, the only conclusion they can draw is well. You're gone. Are you ever coming back? And what's going to happen to me? Where's my food going to come from? Where's my exercise going to come from? Where's my love going to come from? Yeah. And so they panic. And so they're left alone and, and and that's the reaction. So if you can take them out for a walk in the morning before you go to work, you can burn off that extra energy, you can show them love, then when you get back, they think, well, my life's pretty good. Yeah, I'm I might just good. Sleep, off for, sleep this off for a few hours. You go to work, you take your time. And if you come back in a few hours, that's great. But, but you've got to set the tone and you've got to show them that, that they're, they're getting the love and attention and the exercise that they need. My dog, uh, Tuki, was a little staffy. He got all the love in the world. He was a tradies dog. He's always on the truck. Uh, we had a, a big apartment, but we lived in an apartment. But he's, uh, he was terrified of fireworks. Yeah. And, and this is where it went terribly wrong. I tried everything. Mm. What's the best advice uh, from you for people that have animals that are affected by fireworks and lightning in Tuki's case? Yeah, do, do you know that the biggest challenge with with pets and and those big loud noises is is honestly the fact they don't happen every day. Yeah, and, and because when they happen, they're an event. It freaks them out, mm. and so they don't really know how to behave. And they'll show stressful behaviour. They'll, they'll, you'll see the ears will go down. They'll start shaking. The tail will tuck between their legs so far that it sort of that's exactly what they he can used rest to their do. chin on it. Yeah. Um, and, and so what we often do in that situation is we walk over and go, "Hey, hey, it's all right." And we pat them and we calm them down. And we give them a treat. And unfortunately, a lot of the time, what that says to them when they understand our English is that, hey, what you're doing right now is good. Here's a treat. Well done. Here's that's that's great. So we're, we're ultimately rewarding them for anxious behaviour. So you need to expose them to those sounds more frequently. So I, I get people to um, to download the sound of fireworks or thunderstorms. Really? Download the, the MP3s. So, you know, my, my phone has a very weird selection of music Barry Dubois. Like mm. I, I have tracks of thunderstorms and and uh, and uh, and fireworks there, which which you can use and you play it at very low volume around the house and play it over and over again at low volume initially where it's not threatening and then yeah. over time build it up so it's really loud and get it like cranking through your sound system, so it's making the house shake. And generally, after a while, they're like, oh, that sound again. I've heard that before. And then when it comes along in a thunderstorm, they're like, oh, that's what you were playing last week. I'm sick of that. Don't uh-huh. worry about it. <laughs> the other thing you can do is is create, a, I guess, a, an environment where they feel like they can go and escape to. So it's almost like a den. So dogs like to den. They like to almost go underground when they feel threatened. So create a, like a – laundries are great for this or, or bathrooms because they generally don't have windows um, or, or out to the outside world. They're sort of on the internal structure of a house. So if you go in there, 
allow them sort of plenty of cushions they can they can go and burrow under. I often turn the shower or, or the um, washing machine on, okay. which creates vibrations. Yep. And the vibrations drown out the vibrations of the thunderstorm from outside. Play some music, like class, classical music. Turn the lights on because then the flashes of light aren't, aren't as obvious. Yeah. Um, essentially block out all those little senses that that um, that are worrying them and uh, and you create this little this little firework or thunderstorm bunker, if you like, for them to, to ride out the storm in. What you've said right through this chat is that you've got to understand the animal you're purchasing mm. and give it the care it needs. So what are your three tips when you're going to buy an animal and, and keep an animal healthy in a unit? Yeah, just don't impulse purchase. I think take your time, uh, understand what you're realistically going to be able to to give a, a nice home to Yeah. Um, because this is a relationship that has to stand the test, test of time. It has to work So on both sides. So. So know what you want and, and go out there and, and, and go looking for it. And, and then when you when you find that that one, um, you know. Mm. You know, you know, right, Barry? You do. Um, and- it, it's funny. Let me cut you off because a friend rang me the other day and said, listen, I was I was walking down to the uh, to pick up some stuff at the grocery shop the other day and I saw this guy and he had a, a King Charles Cocker Spaniel and it was just so beautiful. I think I better get a dog. Can you ask Chris how much they would be? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's not probably going to be a good purchase because last time we had the chat, you were telling me you were going to Europe for six months. Yeah. I mean, so impulse buying, mm. that's why I cut you off. I mean, yeah. so many people, Christmas time, birthdays for kids, they want to they wanna give this this beautiful thing as a gift, but you've really got to think it through, haven't uh, you? Absolutely. And, and the, the second tip would be be realistic about how much time you have. A pet would swap any toy, any bed, any treat you ever give them across their entire life for one more hour of your time. Mm. They, they love you being there. So be that person that can be there and, and choose a pet that, that that you can actually accommodate those, those needs for. Yeah. Um, and, and then in terms of the, the third, uh, third tip would be always remember when it comes to their behaviour and sending the messages – reward the good behavior when they do things that that you want reward it if they do things you don't want rather than like smacking them or yelling at them or or whatever it is that sends the wrong message they don't get it um ignore the bad so reward the good ignore the bad yeah and and that is a a a life rule that you can live by with with pets yeah and children i'll give you that tip (laughs) Uh, something i'm going to say and hopefully you'll reinforce for me because Mm. uh I lost my mum and my, and my dad became a, a single single person, of course, and everybody mm. in the family said, oh, let's buy dad a dog. Yeah. My dad was 73. Yeah. And I was saying, you know, this just isn't the answer. Mm. It's not, is it? If you if you want to get a companion and and he's, they they ended up winning, they got the, the, the Labrador that's going to mm. live for at least 15 years mm. and, and my dad lasted three more. Mm. He loved that animal yeah. but that animal, uh, Princess, just pined after my dad yeah. so badly. Yeah. So get an older dog, get a rescue dog or, or, or something else. What I, do you I, reckon? The value of, of a pet in terms of easing the, the feelings of loneliness I, I think is really, really important. And so I, I like to see people in their senior years find that, that comfort with, with an animal. Um, but at the same time, you have to be realistic in terms of that choice. And, and 
Um, old, older pets from from shelters are great. They've sort of they've lived their life that they almost find their equal in, yeah. in a senior citizen of a human of the human kind because they they both you know can exchange stories. Barry, you know, you'd be the <laughs> same. You'd be able to tell stories to that dog for for years to come. You'd, you'd want that dog to have at least ten or twelve years of life ahead of it just so I could hear all of your stories. They're good stories. They're Chris. great stories. Now listen, son. <laughs> <laughs> and and probably bad hearing for the dog, I think as well, would be, be very, very useful, just so it can block out the sound. Um, no, but but seriously, I, I think sometimes a, a, not having a puppy, I think, is a good thing um, yeah. for for someone who's who's of older years. Um, a cat is is great. So a dog who just likes to to do the same things again, it's matching their lifestyle to the, to the pet's lifestyle. A, do- a dog who um, or, or cat who who likes to, to take things easy, not not too much exercise, um, and, and if you find that perfect match, yeah, that they they should be able to have hopefully um, a few happy years ahead. Uh, and there are organisations around um, PWOPS, Pets of Older People Services. Um, they actually are an organisation who who take dogs if if the person is to is to pass away, really? they actually will, will take on that dog um, and, and find it another home. The animals will grieve. Pets will certainly grieve in the same way we do. They, they find it very hard to, to lose the one they love. But they will they will eventually um, be able to move on. And, yeah. and and I think it's important that that, that dog then finds another loving home. <clears throat> Otherwise, they're going to feel a bit lost as well. In Australia these days, we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, people putting their homes to home share and things like that. I know you'll be off to the jungle again at the end of the year and you've got cricket. Uh, how do pets go when you're going to have someone look after your home? It's, is that work out? It does. The, the general thing I find is that pets are much happier in their own surroundings. Yeah. Because, you know, in, in their mind, it's their house. Yeah. Like they, they, and their backyard. And, and Particularly often, cats, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, big time with cats. That they've, they've often worked hard. They've sort of, with their own little signs of body language and, and scent marking, they, they've claimed that territory. Mm. Like it doesn't go to this, the, the property doesn't, doesn't go to auction. Um, it, it goes to it goes to conflict. You know, they're, they're often little scuffles with neighbouring cats, so they don't want to abandon that territory they've worked so hard for for a couple of weeks. It freaks them out. So, with cats, generally home feeding is the is the better option. Yep. Um, with dogs, they're a bit more uh, open to to change. Uh, they pro they probably would like to. They just want comfort. They want company. Mm. So if if you're going to have them fed. Go, they can go to someone else's house, or, or you know, better still, if if you have someone who comes and lives at your house or, or apartment, that would be great. Yeah, works, mate. I can't say uh, how pleased I am to have you in. It's I've really enjoyed the chat as I always do. Thanks for coming in, and hope I can have you back on Hammer at Home with Barry Dubois again Any, soon. Anytime, Baz. It's been lovely to talk, and um, obviously, it's the it's sound recordist Jace is coming in after this to talk birds. Yeah, is we, that what's we, we've got a segment on cockatiels and yeah. uh, and what you can do with your bird. Sure, I, I think I saw him just circling the block outside. So, <laughs> good on you, mate. Take care. Thanks, Baz. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button. And if you have any comments or questions you'd like me to answer, I'd love to hear them. Send me an email, hammerathome at network10.com.au. The Professor and the Hack. Accessible politics with just a touch of depth. I'm Hugh Rimmington. And I'm Peter Van Onselen. You can find us, The Professor and the Hack, wherever you find quality podcasts. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.